Good morning. It is Tuesday, May 18th. You're listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm back from a nice long honeymoon vacation, ready to talk some national championship football. Yeah, did you watch it on Sunday? Sam Houston, 24, South Dakota State, 21. That's right. The state of Texas is back on the board with national championships. And to talk about it, we have Shahan J. Raja of Dave Campbell's Texas Football joining us. This guy knows his stuff. I tried to say that this was the state of Texas's first national title since the Longhorns in the 2005 season. And Shahan quickly corrected me. He said, hey, you're forgetting about Mary Hardin Baylor and Texas A&M Commerce. Shahan was at the game in Frisco, Texas. He wrote an excellent game story on the Dave Campbell's Texas football website dubbing the play the throw and you'll you'll have an ESPN audio clip to listen to here in a second once we toss to my conversation with him and it, it was a really good combo um, we talked about the game of course we talked about the spring season of course FCS football played this spring not last fall and so Sam Houston is named the 2020 champions and they have I believe now 108 days until the start of the fall season so Shahan's sheds some light on what in the world that sort of turnaround is going to look like. And I also asked him about sensational wide receiver Jaquez Azard, who had 10 catches and two touchdowns on Sunday against South Dakota State and is getting some buzz as a guy who FBS programs, maybe some power five programs would love to lure from the FCS level, from the transfer portal, if if he does so enter the transfer portal. And Shahan even makes a great point that the guy could just sign an undrafted free agent contract right now. He, he didn't declare for the draft because he was playing a spring season, but now he could just head off to the NFL. So enjoy the conversation. I think it's really important to cover football at all levels. Later this week on the College Football Daily, we'll be talking about a very intriguing high school prospect in conjunction with our 2023 rankings release on Wednesday. But for now, let's give proper love to the Sam Houston Bearcats, that's B-E-A-R-K-A-T-S, the 2020 FCS National Champions. The College Football Daily will be right back. Point clock down to five. Smith back to throw. Fires over the middle. And it is caught. It's a touchdown. A day pulls it in. And Sam Houston has the lead with 16 seconds left. All right, Shahan, you wrote an excellent game story on the game-winning play for the Bearcats, and we just came out of break with a nice little audio clip of ESPN's call of Eric Schmid to Ife Adeya throw. Uh, you had a nice write-up in Dave Campbell's Texas Football about that play. You've dubbed it the throw. I don't know if you came up with that or not. I like it. Let's let's make sure it sticks. When you were in the press box watching that all unfold Sunday afternoon, did you kind of have a hunch that Sam Houston was going to somehow win that game? Well, I, I got to start by saying, listen, I grew up obviously reading a lot of great sports writing. They always got to seem to be able to name things. I haven't had that opportunity as yet. So yes, I will. I will take credit for coining the throw if it does end up sticking. <laughs> but man, watching Sam Houston the last couple of weeks has just been unbelievable. I mean, this is a team, you know, they, they've come down to the wire in every single one of their games. And in, in the first playoff game against Monmouth, they needed a late interception to end the game against North Dakota State. North Dakota State ended up coming from behind, taking a 
lead and, and Sam Houston needed a game-winning touchdown. And last week against James Madison, they went down 24 to three at halftime, came back and won the game. So listen, you never know that a team is going to go and make a national championship winning play. I mean, that just, you can't imagine that. You can't expect that. That's a ridiculous thing to expect. But this is a team that has been as comfortable in those moments as any team as I've ever watched really at any level. And, and I think that so much of that falls on the shoulders of Eric Schmidt, their quarterback, you know, just a tremendous dual threat quarterback, somebody who can pass the ball, can run the ball at a really high level. You saw both of those on full display during that final drive where they scored the go-ahead touchdown. And, and look, Again, you can't expect that this is going to happen. I'm never going to sit here and say that I expected them to, to go and win the national championship like that. But this is a team that's been comfortable in those moments. And I think you saw that fully on ABC. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's Sam Houston's first ever national championship. The first title that any any football team in the state of Texas has won since 2005. That Texas team, it kind of felt like that final drive. Shahan, just a, a, cl- a clutch fourth down play. I'm going to the same side of the field. Just had this sort of team of destiny feel to it. When when the throw actually happens and and then the Bearcats you know, had to hang on for a few defensive plays, kind of like Texas had to do that against USC. What was the post-game mood? Did they let you all down to, to go see the team? I don't know what the COVID restrictions are like, but the game was in Frisco, Texas. They had a pretty great crowd set the stage for us uh, in the aftermath. Yeah, well, I, I would be remiss to mention it's the, it's the first Division One national title since 05, but uh, the, the people over at Mary Harden Baylor and AM Commerce certainly have some thoughts oh. about D2 and D3. But it, it was in so many ways. Uh, it was in so many ways such a big moment, like you mentioned. I mean, I think that, you know, so post-game, we unfortunately had to do it all virtually. Hopefully this is the last time at the at the college football level that we have to do this. But man, th- that post-game was just unbelievable. I, I mean, just to take people back a little bit. So back in 2017, Sam Houston played against North Dakota State, and they they had the number one offense in the nation that year. They had the Walter Payton Award winner, the second two-time winner of all time, uh, you know, the number one offense in the country three straight years. They won some play in North Dakota State, and they lost 55-13 to 13 in the national semifinals. So this was a team that just a couple of years ago was built one way, and, and they just could not physically compete with what these Dakota schools did. And they kind of redid everything. They decided we really need to focus in on the run. They went from the number 102 rush defense to the number one rush defense over the course of two years. And I think in so many ways, this was just such a release for that program. I mean, they've been in so many ways, the third best program in college football uh, at the FCS level over the past 10 years, ever since Willie Fritz took over the program, really. But they haven't won that national championship. You know, North Dakota State winning eight of nine, James Madison winning the one other. And Sam Houston has been the team that has been left out for all these years. And I think in so many ways, this was just such a moment of release, such a moment of excitement uh, for Casey Keeler, the head coach. You know, he was he coached his alma mater at Delaware to a national championship back in the 2000s with Joe Flacco. But, you know, things kind of ended badly there. He didn't really get another opportunity until Sam Houston. And I think for him and for this program, I mean, this is a program that wants to matter. They want to win at the highest level. They want to you know, their fans to have that opportunity. And I think in so many ways, I mean, it was just such a big moment for everybody. And and I, I think a really emotional moment for a lot of people too. You mentioned the history. It's a very proud one. I think I already said this, but I was surprised that this was Sam Houston's first ever national championship. I remember growing up as a kid in Texas, Shahan, just reading Dave Campbell's Texas football magazine. And I should have done, done my homework there <laughs> and known about Mary Hart and Baylor because you guys write about all of these schools. It's not just like Texas and A&M and Texas Tech. It's full multi-page write-ups on Sam Houston State 
and Mary Hart and Baylor and, you know, the, even the, the Rices of the Worlds and all those guys. And I just, I remember reading about Sam Houston and, and maybe back then we called them Sam Houston State more than, than, we, than we do now. But tell me like a little bit more about the program and, and, and the kind of the culture over in, in Huntsville. I know that's a, a place that's kind of known for its, uh, its prisons and, and it's really not much going on there except for football. East Texas, uh, kind of close to Houston, but this is the hire of, of Keller. Was that hailed as, hey, we're finally getting off the mat. We're finally going to win a national title. The expectations, I think for so long, it have been pretty big, right? Yeah, I mean, this is this is the school, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, historically, it's been kind of a teaching college. That's really what Sam Houston is known for. And, uh, you know, I think that things really started to change back in, I think it was around 2009, 2010, when they hired Willie Fritz. And, you know, Willie Fritz, one of the great coaches, I think, in college football now at Tulane, uh, you know, he was just unique. He, he was just a unique personality. He was a unique program builder. And he came in and he kind of changed things in a lot of ways. He moved them to a, a very spread formation type offense, really was ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. Um, and, and again, uh, continues to be at Tulane. I mean, if you watch his teams, I mean, he is very ahead of the curve when it comes to offense. And he took them actually, I believe it was, it was his second and third season. He took them to the national title game. And the funny thing about it is that, you know, all this talk about North Dakota State, you know, back at that moment, there was really a shift happening. You know, there were in a lot of ways, I think Sam Houston, you know, if they had been able to keep it up a little bit, could have been North Dakota State. Because North Dakota State before, uh, I think it was 2011, didn't have any national championships. It was really that last run under Craig Bull and under Chris Kleiman that they really started to become that team in, in the FCS level. But, you know, Sam Houston was really competing to be that at the outset of the 2010s. Then Willie Fritz ends up leaving, uh, moving Georgia Southern up to the FBS level. But Casey Keeler, in a lot of ways, was that unique type of hire, right? I mean, he came in immediately. By his second year, they had the number one offense in, in the FCS level of college football. And, and he just changed everything there. And, and you talk about Huntsville, like you mentioned, I mean, it's not one of the big cities in Texas. It's not a Houston. It's not a Dallas. It's not a San Antonio even, right? This is one of those places that kind of lives in the shadow in some ways of Houston. And I think, you know, Sam, Sam Houston State University in a lot of ways has been a beacon of light for that community and for that region of the of the state. And for them to now come out and, and have this opportunity to be the number one program in FCS football, uh, I mean, it's huge. And the other thing that I'll mention too is that Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, uh, they have a tremendous rival. The Battle of the Piney Woods. You know, both these teams are now moving to the Western Athletic Conference, you know, the old whack. And so I think that this is just going to mean big things heading forward, not just for Sam Houston, but I think for that whole conference. I love Texas football, the Battle of the Piney Woods. I got to ask you about, <laughs> I got to ask you about Jaquez Azard, this receiver, 10 catches, two touchdowns. He was the MVP of the game, transferred in from Howard. I've seen some buzz that like this could be a, a player who some FBS schools are going to try to poach that'd be that'd be sort of a shame right yeah you know so so i will say look they won a national championship they're going into an off season anything can happen but at this moment everybody from this team has committed to come back for next year except for their backup quarterback that's the only guy who decided he was ready to graduate and move on but the plan is right now is that Izard's going to be back that doesn't mean that he's not going to get approached by a bunch of FBS teams maybe even power five teams I mean this is a receiver I think who proved uh, you know he's going to have a shot at the next level I think really if he wanted to right now he could come out and try to sign a contract probably as an undrafted 
free agent with an NFL team. I mean, he didn't declare for the draft this year because Sam was obviously playing their spring season, but I think he could have had a chance to be drafted if not for that. So there's going to be pressure. There's there's no doubt about it on him. But one thing that Casey Keeler said a little while ago really stuck with me, and it's he had opportunities to move on from Sam Houston when he did take them to the national semifinals, when he did lead them to the number one offense in the country. And for him, it always came down to, you know, what would you rather do? Would you rather compete for a national championship or would you rather play in sort of a mid-tier bowl game, right? Like what is success to you? And I think for Casey Keeler, he kind of realized that getting to play at that level and play for a national championship, that was worth it to him. That was special. And, you know, you look at some of the other kids who who are in the program right now. Trace Mascara was at UTEP. Joseph Wallace was at Texas Tech. I mean, these are players who had the ability to play at the FBS level if they wanted to and decided that, you know what, it's more special for me to have the opportunity to come to Huntsville and play for something bigger. So I'm not saying that that, that means that Azard isn't going to have opportunities, that he isn't you know, going to potentially see what's out there. But I do think that for this program and, and the people in this room, they really know what they have. They really know the opportunity that they have to be one of the few teams in all of college football that leaves with the national championship. So I don't think that there's any foregone conclusion that, uh, that he's going to walk out the door. So, of course, this spring season was done in place of the 2020 fall season, and everyone will be back on a normal schedule this fall. You saw it firsthand that they wrapped up this season on May 16th. The difference in speaking to people around these teams, Shahan, the the difference in the amount of the intensity comparing practice to literal games and with a short few months until the fall season, are these teams just going to go into major rehab mode? Yeah, it's definitely tough. You know, I I think that a lot of people, you know, you see a lot and it was inevitable. You know, you see a lot of people saying, well, this was the spring season. Should we really treat it the same way as, you know, winning a fall national championship? Especially, I mean, a lot of people pointed to obviously North Dakota State graduating a few players, including Trey Lance. But I would argue that what they just did now is as hard as any championship has ever had to be, you know, just having to go through all the COVID protocols, having to wait an entire fall off season, you know, having to keep players together. I mean, what people don't realize is at the FCS level. Yeah. I mean, they have 60, whatever scholarships, but some kids are on partial scholarships. A lot of kids are, are paying their own way to at least some extent. I mean, you're asking a lot of kids to kind of deal with basically a fall where they don't get the opportunity to play and, and you know, to go into the spring and still have to deal with COVID protocols. And, and for Sam Houston, I mean, they also, one of their deals was that they also are renovating their facilities. They're going to be great when they're done, but it meant that they didn't have a locker room this entire spring season. They had to do laundry at home. Uh, you know, for, for people from Texas, you know, back in February, there was a big freeze. It happened like one or two weeks before their first game, they lost power. They had to come to the gym just to get light and energy. So, I mean, it's been brutal for coaches and players to have to manage, hey, we got to play now. And we only have 109 days before the fall season starts as well. So I think that there's been a concerted effort to try to to be aware of that, right? From the coaching staff, they're not hitting as much as they used to. They're trying to stay fresh, even in the spring. And, and I mean, they've kind of changed their their program a little bit in practice to try to keep players a little fresher. Uh, but but look, I mean, again, they, they're going to only have 109 days before they have to get back at it. So they've tried to be smart about it. They've tried to be aware that they have to play a full fall season when things come around. But I mean, look, I think it's as tough of a thing as, as anybody has is going to ever have to deal with, you know, playing that many games in such a short amount of time. It's the reason in a lot of ways that you saw the power five and FBS teams play in the fall was because they didn't want to do this short turnaround. Well, Sam Houston's going to have to do it and we're going to have to see how they do. Not too much time to celebrate in Huntsville, but uh, Shahan, I think they're going to, they're still going to get a pretty good party and we appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much for having me. 
We appreciate Shahan joining us. It was good to be back podcasting. Felt a little cobwebby, but excited about the week ahead. It's going to be a big one at 24-7 Sports. Already mentioned the 2023 rankings. Going to be doing a little transfer portal coverage. Going to be talking impact freshmen. I'm absolutely certain that you will enjoy it. Hope everybody has a great Tuesday, and we will talk to you on Wednesday for the next edition of the College Football Daily.